What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Wednesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S FantasyBB. I know I remind you guys every day, but that is because we got content coming out every day. Pickup articles, weather articles, two-start pitchers, bullpen analysis. We have a ton of stuff that we got going on at EthosFantasyBB, and that doesn't even include the different podcast links that we send out for my show from Britton Allen's great show, It's Gone. And we've also got some other stuff in the works on the podcast side we're going to let you know about in the next couple of weeks once we have that all figured out. But there's all to be said. There's a lot of content uh, over at Ethos Fantasy BB. And if you're not on Twitter, you guys can go check that out at sportsethos.com. I want to say thank you again for all the questions you guys sent in for our mailbag yesterday. Really appreciate that. The interaction is great over on Twitter, so much obliged for all of the comments you guys sent down. I hope I was able to help you guys out where I could. We're going to talk about a few pieces of information today. There's a starting pitcher we're going to go over who's... It's actually all starting pitchers today, now that I look at my outline. Uh, But one of them in particular who... It's really tricky to nail down, but we're going to get started with him, and then we're going to we're gonna go through a couple of pieces of injury news and a pitcher who got sent to the bullpen as well, who is likely very droppable wherever you are. But let's start off with Michael Kopech. What the hell uh, is going on here with Michael Kopech? So these last few starts, specifically the last two, have been really, really, really exceptional. I'm still not buying in is the long and short of it. The too long, don't read version of it is... He's done very well, but he also did well against Kansas City and against Cleveland. Their offenses are putrid. If you're looking at Kansas City's offensive ranks, they're 25th in runs, they're 26th in batting average, 30th in on-base percentage. There's nothing they're really thriving in offensively. I mean, stealing bases is their is their best statistical category. They're 14th in Major League Baseball with 33 steals. That's Pretty much, if you look even at their pitching stats, like it's just been horrendous. There's nothing they really got going on. So, I mean, he went through Kansas City. You know, I don't want to, you know, make light of it, but I feel like I could have probably gone a couple innings against Kansas City, giving you some shutout ball. That's a little hyperbolic, but only a little bit, I think. And if you look at Cleveland, another team that has struggled offensively quite a bit. They're 29th in runs, they're 28th in hits, 28th in batting average, 30th in slugging percentage. Dead last in home runs. Again, the team that does well stealing bases, they're fourth in stolen bases this season, but that's that's all they got going on for them. So Michael Kopech, the long and short of it is, he threw 15 innings of his last two starts. He got two victories, 19 strikeouts, has not allowed an earned run, but I just don't buy it. I, I'm not ready. And you see it, right? He's jumped 19% on Yahoo. He's gone up to 41% rostered because of it. If you want to believe that Michael Kopech is all of a sudden a different pitcher now, then... You can go ahead and do that, but everything that we, you know, everything that we have to look at over the last couple of seasons indicates that Michael Kopech likely is best served as a relief pitcher and not somebody who should be starting games regularly. In 2021, as a reliever, he was flat out dominant. 44 games pitched. He started four games that year, but if you look at what he did as a whole, he was striking out 36% of batters. The walk rate was still a little bit high, 8.4%, but if you look at what he's done these last two seasons, the strikeouts have gone away completely pretty much, 21 and 23%. Double-digit walk rates in both of those years. He's not really suited as a starting pitcher. And, you know, As much as I'd like to think maybe there's a chance, I'm not going to do that based on a couple of starts against awful teams. If you look at the pitching indicators, you know this is before today's game, but he came in with a 483 ERA, a 523 XFIP, a 626 FIP, 614 XERA. If you look at any of those metrics that you want to look at, show that even with that you know kind of putrid 483 ERA, he was being getting a little bit lucky. 
Uh, let me take a look at the Sierra because that's in a different area here. Uh, but it's it's four ninety still. Like you know, there's nothing that really tells me that Michael Kopech is going to be worth picking up in standard size leagues. In a fifteen team league, does he maybe have some value? I think maybe, and I'm not even really willing to say that. I think that you know. He's just not very good. He walks way too many batters. He's walked 13% of batters this season coming into today. The strikeout rate is, you know, 23.6%. It's about average, a touch above average, but it's I wouldn't read much into these last two games with these crazy strikeout totals. I think that it's awful teams and he did, you know, he did his job, good on him. And if you added him for these last two games, then you're sitting very pretty. Send some trade offers out. If you have them, especially if you didn't just pick them up, let's say you've been holding on to him for a while and now he's done this, try and trade him. Because sometimes you pick somebody off, off, up off the waiver wire and, and offer them. It's a little disingenuous. I can understand people get a little bit upset with that. But if you've been holding on to him, specifically over these last couple starts, throw any kind of offer you can. Because I am willing to bet any amount of money you guys want that Michael Kopech is going to be back on waiver wires within the next two weeks, week maybe. I really, I really don't see him being somebody who has staying power on fantasy rosters. The walks are just atrocious. The strikeouts are not what they used to be. The team sucks. A win potential is going to be fairly limited, and he's just not very good. I just don't think that he is very good. Is the long and short of it. So, I would not be doing much if he's sitting on your waiver wire. People are gonna. I'm sure that 41 percent is going to be over 50 tomorrow because people are going to see this and think, "Oh my God, Michael Kopech, here it comes." But I'm just not ready to dive in with both feet here. I, I think in a 15-team league, if you wanted to you know, bid on him or add him, and then fine, no problem there. But in a 10- or a 12-team league, Michael Kopech for me is just very bland at the end of the day. There's not a lot that he does that really sticks out. A couple of good starts for sure, but I wouldn't read too much into it at the same time. Dustin May, this one sucks. He is going to the 60-day IL. It's his forearm. Forearm always makes you a little bit nervous for sure. Uh, now, he is expected to miss, according to what I'm seeing here from this is Rotowire, NBC Sports Edge. He's expected to miss at least six weeks, but 60 day IL, you're looking at two months. I, I think he's a drop. I think that he's a drop everywhere, despite you know the good start to his season. I, I still don't think that there is much hope in holding on to Dustin May and outside of certain situations, because if you guys have unlimited IL spots, there's no need to drop anybody if you have unlimited IL spots. You can hold O'Neill Cruz. You can hold literally literally anybody, Walker Bueller and so on and so forth, Mondesi and blah, blah, blah. Most people don't have don't play in leagues where you can hold an unlimited number of people. Most of the time you're talking three or four injury spots, and I'd be hard-pressed to find a team of mine that does not already have three or four injuries. So I say that Dustin May is a drop because of the long the, the length that we're expecting him to be out for. Two months is a long time. He's going to come back, and it's going to be, what, August, and he's going to have to ramp up again. And, you know, even right now, he's not really giving you strikeouts. The ratios have been very good so far this season. He's pitching for a good team, so you're going to get victories. But, you know, very limited strikeout upside. There is always the injury risk with him. Even once he comes back, you don't know how long he's going to be back for. So I would say that <coughs> – excuse me. I would say that if you have unlimited IL spots for Dustin May, then – then sure, it, it really doesn't hurt to hold on. But in most cases, NFBC leagues or even just standard leagues with no IL, there's there's no point taking zeros for Dustin May at this point. It's unfortunate because he looked very good. And even though he wasn't striking batters out, he's still been a top 100, top 75 player this year. He's got a 263 ERA. He's got a sub-one whip. He's won four games. 
He's also only struck out 34 batters in 48 innings, though, which is something that I don't love. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a strikeout whore. I really am. Apologies for using that word. But it, it's just true. If somebody strikes out batters, I am, I'm there for them a lot of the time. If you don't strike out batters, that's going to really take you down a couple notches in my book. Even if you're doing everything else right, I'm always going to look at you in a way like, uh, I, I, I prefer the strikeouts if I could. But regardless of all that, he's not going to be pitching for at least two months. They say six weeks, but that's bullshit. It's going to be two months, maybe even more once he comes back. You don't know. He's got such a long, varied injury history. He threw 30 innings last year, remember. So I, I'm just at the point where if you have him in 15-team leagues, I don't. I have him on a on a draft-and-hold team, which which is not great. But... I'm at the point where I think I'm ready to drop him pretty much anywhere unless you have that luxury of either A, having the unlimited IL and you can just stick everybody on there, or B, you've just been incredibly fortunate and have no injuries and you can hold them until you know you need the spot, which maybe there's a small percentage of people who haven't been hit with the injury bug this season, but I'm at the point in a lot of leagues where I am taking a, like a zero on one of my bench spots because I'm dealing with injuries to... You know, it's DeGrom or it's who, you know, there's so many different injuries I got going on. DeGrom and Machado and different players that are injured across different leagues of mine. It's hard to, I'm in so many leagues, it's hard to actually remember who is injured in which particular league. But most of the leagues were talking about no free available IL spots. So if you have that luxury, then sure. But I think in most cases, Dustin May can pretty safely be sent back to the waiver wire. Corey Kluber, this one is not going to apply to so many people. It depends on how many people are still holding on to Kluber. It's 6% on Yahoo. It varies across the different platforms a little bit. But he's being moved to the bullpen, and that comes <laughs> that comes to kill any chance that he has of regaining any fantasy viability in my eyes. I don't see him having, even as a starter so far this season, he would not have been somebody that I was holding on to. If you were, then you're taking a, a big risk for sure. Um, but at this point, there's, there's really not much. There's nothing really left with Corey Kluber. 6% on ESPN as well. So it's not a lot of people. But if you're still holding on to him for whatever reason, if this is, if you didn't see this, or even if it's a deep league, whatever the situation is, you're still holding on to Corey Kluber. I'm not really interested in holding on to him. According to the report here, again, from Roto World, there's a good chance that he's going to be released in the next couple of weeks. So that might be the end of Corey Kluber as we know it, certainly as a fantasy asset. I think that, you know, if you want to argue that maybe he'll get another chance as a major league pitcher, then you could make that argument. But I think as a fantasy asset, he's pretty much done. And I think, you know, if you look at what he's done in his career. He was an all-star three times. He won two Cy Youngs. He won, uh, led the American League in wins in both the years he won the Cy Youngs. And he pitched a no-hitter. So, I mean, he's had a he's had a very good career. His ERA for the career is still 339. He's not going anywhere near the Hall of Fame or anything, but he'll get some votes. Uh, he'll, get, he'll get some down-ballot votes when he retires just off the backing of those couple Cy Young Awards. So very good career for Corey Kluber, but it does uh, at this point look like we are reaching the final days of that career. We'll have to see. Maybe he goes in the pen, turns it around, gets another shot later on in the season, or maybe he gets released and signed up with a new team, and maybe he gets a chance. Who knows? We saw Johnny Cueto last year. Uh, was it the, I believe it was, with the, was it the Marlins or the White Sox last year. I can't even remember who he was with now last year. I feel like it was the White Sox. It was the White Sox. But he kind of came out of nowhere and you know, was able to give you good fantasy value and everybody would have told you he was done as well. So you, you never really know if a player is done or not, but it looks like Corey Kluber's fantasy viability and major league career are likely winding down at this point. One last piece of news I want to look at. This will be a bit of a shorter show because there's really not so much news to go through today. Uh, it, that's just the problem sometimes when you do a show every day. And I know we did a mailbag show yesterday, so there should have been a couple days worth of news, but there's really not that much 
The last thing that does interest me, and this did come out yesterday, and we're also seeing a little bit of reporting on it today, I believe, is Carlos Rodon. So we actually got a few updates yesterday. He rejoined the team, which is excellent, excellent news, because there was talk uh, from you know John Boy and different people, who knows how informed they are, saying that it's a good chance Rodon was done for the year, and you would have been hard-pressed to find somebody who would have argued, <laughs> argued that point just based on what we've seen. Of course, other than Rodon's wife, who did you know go back at John Boy a little bit there. From what I remember, it was a Twitter or Instagram exchange where John Boy said, Carlos Rodon is likely gone for the season. I'm hearing from sources within the Yankees. It's not looking good. And then she answered back saying, you know, check your sources kind of thing. So that did give me a little bit of hope, positivity, because she's obviously more informed than any reporter you're going to talk to. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's Jeff Passan or Buster Only or whatever. No one's going to know more about what's going on than his wife. Now, how much she's going to put out to the public, who knows? You never know. Sometimes it's wishful thinking or whatever. Sometimes family members you can't fully trust. But that did give me confidence that Rodon did have a chance. And... What we've seen these last couple days, so first yesterday was he rejoined the team, continuing rehab, and then later in the day, he's hoping for mound work soon. And I'll just read off what Rotowire said here. They've, he's made good progress since receiving a cortisone injection uh, for his nagging back, and it's almost ready to try things out from the bump. It's not clear when he might be ready for a rehab assignment, but it's going to be a while, and he'll require multiple rehab starts. So... It's a tricky situation for sure. I think that you're still probably at this point want to be holding him. I've been, I know I have gone back and forth on that a little bit because there was a point earlier where I said, you know, he's likely a drop without IL spots. If you've had IL spots, I don't remember specifically if I ever said to drop him with IL spots. I don't think I did. I think that, that was a line that I was pretty hard on. If you have the IL, then there's no need to drop him because he's somebody like I was even a top five pitcher in my rankings before we knew what was going on this season. He was the top five pitcher for me. He can still get back to that potentially, especially because the arm hasn't been the main problem. The arm has been healed for a while now. So as long as he gets the back okay, uh, there's no reason to think why he couldn't come back and be a second-half stud. Now, he is somebody who has dealt with a lot of injury history. or a lot of yeah, He has a long history of injuries, I should say. Uh, so even when he comes back, it's not necessarily a guarantee that it's you know smooth sailing from there on. But... The fact that it is not the arm that's ailing him anymore, if it was still the arm, then our shoulder would... I've, there's been a couple of arm injuries with him. I think there was a shoulder and there was a forearm thing in his past. There's been a couple of things. If it was one of those, I'd be a lot more concerned. And back is no joke in matter. It's not like there's no concern here because backs can... They can flare up. I, I have a, a long, long-standing injury in my back from doing some construction work uh, in my teenage years and every now and then it'll flare up and it'll you know knock you down you really can't get up off the couch and I, I can't even imagine pitching a major league game with that kind of pain so we're gonna have to see how he deals with it again like I said with Rotowire it's gonna be a while and he'll require multiple rehab starts but you know maybe a month or six weeks from now we could see Carlos Rodon and he does have that upside where I would say he is worth burning a roster spot likely and I, I know, I know I said at one point earlier in the season that there's probably not much of a hope without IL spots. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step back on that, which is not something that I usually do here, but based on the reports that we're seeing, and it's not a lot of you who would have dropped him, he's at 93% on Yahoo, but if he is still sitting out there, if you're able to snag him up, I would do it if you can put him on the IL. Uh, if you're sitting and holding zeros, I'd still probably do it depending on the league size. Maybe not in a 10-team league, I wouldn't take zeros, but... 12 and beyond, I think at this point I would be I'd be pretty okay to take Carlos Rodon and put him on my bench, put him on, on my IL, and just kind of wait and see if he is available, right? Because 93%, it's not 100. It's pretty damn close, but there are still going to be some leagues where he is available. That's Yahoo. 
Let me take a quick look at ESPN and see, because I'm guessing it'll be a little bit lower on ESPN. Uh, 91, a little bit lower. Just make sure he's not sitting around on the waiver wire if he is still available. And again, that usually applies for people who are in multiple leagues. When I say something like that, check your waiver wire, because a lot of the time you'll know if somebody like Rodon is on your waiver wire, if you're as active as I am with the fantasy, with the fantasy world. But if you're in five, six, seven leagues on one particular site, it is very easy to forget who's on a particular waiver wire. So throw his name into the search bar. Just double check if you're in shallow leagues and make sure that Carlos Rodon is not sitting there available. Guys, that's going to wrap it up. I know it's a rather short show today, and there's been a couple of short ones this week, although yesterday's was a bit longer. So it's been a little bit varied recently, but I do plan uh, at very latest by next week to get back to those full hour-long shows because that's what I really do enjoy working my way through some stuff right now, which you guys have heard me talk about and write about, and I appreciate all you guys continuing to download the show, listen to the show, follow over on Twitter, at JoeOrico99, and also at EthosFantasyBB. All of that really means a lot. If you could do one last thing here before you head out, leave us a review. If you're listening on a platform that allows it, let us know what you think of the pod, whether it's Apple, Google, or Spotify, whoever it is where you're listening, if they allow ratings and reviews, Take a couple seconds, let us know what you think, whether it's good or bad. Either way, let me know. I want to know. Uh, you know, Preferably, if it's bad, maybe send me a DM. But honestly, either way, I want to know the feedback of what you guys, the, the viewer, the consumer, thinks of this show and of our baseball product in general here at Sports Ethos. I'd love to hear any feedback, comments, concerns, questions, anything you got. And also, one last thing before I let you go. We're still adding people to our team. We've added several people to the baseball team just this past week. We've been very active in our recruiting. If you're somebody who is able to write, if you're interested in podcasting, covering a team, fantasy analysis, baseball analysis in general, and even if it's not baseball, even if it's just like basketball, football, hockey, soccer, whatever it is, we have a ton of positions open here. So reach out, again, at JoeOrico99, J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. We can have a conversation regarding any of our roles we got going on here. Now, if you're interested in getting into the soccer community, you're going to be directed from me to somebody else. <laughs> but if it's baseball or basketball, I'll be able to help you out. Football, anything really, just reach out to me and we'll get you talking with the right people if you're interested and you're willing to you know, commit some time trying to get yourself into the fantasy space. It's been a lot of fun for me doing it over these last couple of years, and I couldn't recommend it more with a great company like ours at Sports Ethos. I know I'm a little bit biased, but it's a great place to work, and I hope you guys will reach out if you're interested as well. But that'll do it for me. We will see you again tomorrow, guys. Until then, take care, have a great night, and cheers. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.